0: Welcome to our podcast, Jenny and Paul Sell Out, Number One, Making Hipsters Cry. This is a podcast dedicated to a serious consideration of culture, digging down deep into important philosophical and existential issues and deciding if, when, and how to sell out, as if that even matters. When we recorded this podcast, we had not yet decided on a name and were toying with Bento Reese Overdrive, abbreviated as Burrow, which you'll hear mentioned at the beginning. This name has since been tossed aside, so please ignore all future references. Listen and enjoy. Welcome to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bro. I think that's how we do it. Yeah, we'll have to talk about the name. On the one hand I think it's a it's a clever name, but on it the is. other hand, it's inscrutable.
1: It's true. I, I feel a little um unprofessional myself that we haven't come up with a name actually. Yeah, well, it's sort of my job well, to name to, things.
0: That's right. As a taxonomist. Yeah, I
1: feel I feel a little I feel a little. But I you know, we don't know what it is yet, so you can't really name something until you know what it is, right?
0: That's true. That's true. Like when when it comes when the book comes into the uh, catalog department at at the library, it's already been written.
1: Right. Yeah. So maybe after <laughs> like 50 podcasts we will have a name.
0: We can begin to tag it. And, sure, sure. Uh,
1: then we'll have enough body of work
0: perhaps. So, uh, maybe we should introduce ourselves. Okay. Uh with me here is Jenny Benevento. She's a taxonomist by day. By day. Juggalo expert by night.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh this is Paul Reismandell. I don't actually know what you do at all. I have okay. no I've no understanding.
0: I I do educational technology, but my specialty is in uh, video and uh, video communications technology.
1: See, I did know those things, but I don't really know what that means.
0: No one knows what it means. My official title is Director of Curriculum Support. Okay. So I'm like Atlas. <laughs> supporting the curriculum.
1: Right, right. So like when they videotape cl- like classes and uh, stuff.
0: You know, it, whatever someone wants it to be this week. Uh, sort of... Jack of all educational technology trades, but my start was in video production. Okay, and then I learned to do other things as as necessary. So, so we're going to podcast because we think we're worth listening to, uh, we think we will entertain you.
1: <laughs> I think other people think we're worth listening to more than me. I don't, I don't understand, but other people seem to think you it's lined good. up here. Well, no, no,
0: you need, you need, you need to be confident here, Jenny. This is the whole point.
1: <laughs> I am confident that I know. I I will spend endless hours researching something and then other people seem interested in it. Like, I can condense that knowledge into the, the things they're interested in. Well, it's a skill.
0: I mean... Apparently. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we should uh, we should uh, put that down because uh, there's plenty of people who can research things for hours and and regurgitate a report that's unreadable or just sort of look at you and with a dumb stare. So, you know, cutting right down the middle there... Uh, between those two poles, it's a fairly, uh, fairly marketable skill.
1: Ma- making hipsters cry about when you talk about precious moments is a is a helpful skill.
0: So, so tell me about this. <laughs> I think we, I think we, I think we've now just have one potential title. <laughs> Making
1: the hipsters cry. Making hipsters cry. I think it's a great title. Think, right. <laughs> okay, we're putting that that's up really, on the board. That's <laughs> up on the board?
0: Where's,
1: where's the board? I I don't, we we have to get a board, I yeah. have to get a board. Making hipsters cry. I'll use
0: mm-hmm. the iPad in the interim. Um, so
1: well, you made them cry. I did, apparently. I mean, I can't see, well, you know, the bright lights in your eyes when you talk. You can't see. So I was giving a presentation about precious moments um locally at the hideout and the hideout here, has, here, in chicago. here in chicago the hideout has a sort of uh elevated stage and the lights are very bright so you cannot you literally cannot see anyone in the audience when you are speaking on it um and it was about basically the man behind precious moments who is samuel butcher um and sort of why he created them i think the the major thing people came to the hipsters came to mock precious moments. Um, But they didn't realize they're based on dead children. So most of them have like a story behind them about a dead child. And uh, so I told the story of like the guy who started it and why his his dead children and that's why he started it and all these um, dead children who have been made immortalized in these statues and how this man though an evangelical Christian has sort of now become what I would guess is a gay man who lives abroad with his like young boy apprentice
0: <laughs> he's still alive
1: he's still alive yeah he okay. lives in the philippines oh <laughs> yeah yeah so it's not it's not like a stretch I, I don't i don't think i don't think i'm overstepping my bounds by saying like only he lives with like a 20 year old boy in the philippines only like
0: chiang mai would be all the more prepared. right yeah he's not
1: like in thailand i guess but like you know so um yeah, so I but at the end of it, it was on Valentine's Day or around Valentine's Day last year, so the theme was love and death, and so his has both very clearly. And uh, after I got off stage, people people told me that they people were crying, so the hipsters were crying.
0: Wow! And and first of all. Which dead children are immortalized how How are these children chosen
1: um so like if you like usually what happens is you you love precious moments or or maybe your child dies first, one of the two your child dies, and you have no way to make it through i mean that's terrible, I think everyone can admit and so um uh you're just in a bad situation and then um you find these precious moments and they make you happier. And usually you'll write a letter to Samuel Butcher or the Precious Moments Company. Or if you go to the Precious Moments Museum, which is in um, Carthage, Missouri, it's right outside of Branson, um, You, <laughs> as, as most good things are, you go there and uh, they have like a room with just books, these gigantic books. Like, I would say if you're thinking about like the canonical, like fancy Bible, mm-hmm. it would be like three times as long and and, you know that with and it's very fancy they're brown and gold and they just have lines and people will write their dead child story in there or people write just like my aunt went to heaven with jesus and i'm totally sad about it and you know or my brother struggled with drugs and he's dead now um and people write these stories and they end up turning them into them and they have also a whole section of Photos of the kid it memorialized. So, like one kid was a basketball player who died in a car crash, and so he's now a basketball player angel.
0: Wow, and and they choose some of these uh, these stories to immortalize as, as precious moments.
1: Yeah, and um, they have a whole chapel that is all of the all of the kids painted in it are dead children.
0: But at least the loved ones nominated these children for immortalization. Usually.
1: I mean, sometimes there's someone who someone in the precious moments family knows like, this isn't
0: like the Mormon uh, church where, no,
1: no, they're not trying to redeem the children. (laughs) This is all starting to sound a lot like
0: the the big Mormon temple. (laughs) No.
1: Yeah. They're not like baptizing these children. I think they're probably, the children are probably already Christian, Probably, but they have like, um, like Samuel Butcher's son is one of them. He was like one of the first ones that they made one out of. And, uh, you know, they just have uh, ones for the Oklahoma City bombing kids and things like that.
0: So, why did you decide that this was something you needed to learn more about?
1: Well, so I um I, I i dated i dated a uh, Presbyterian youth minister, <laughs> um, and I, well, when I was a kid, my sister liked precious moments, so she had a lot of them. Um, but we didn't realize they were Christian even mm-hmm. like, I don't think that association. Yeah. I, I
0: I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but it's not something that was seemed as obvious to me just seeing them in the Hallmark store. Yeah.
1: They just seem like kind of sappy. Um, and so, uh, I knew them from that and I, I cross stitch as a hobby and, and like 90% of all cross stitch kits, I would say have precious moments involvement. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, at least the ones you can pick up in stores. And um, so then I, w- I was dating a Presbyterian youth minister, and he was living in Columbia, Missouri. And I went to visit him, and we were going to go on some sort of vacation. And I was like, well, we have to go to Branson. Because, well, so we had – he wanted me to go to his church every Sunday, which I was not interested in doing, mostly because I like to sleep. And I I said, well, I'll go to different churches every Sunday. How about that? So we did that for a long time. So I was like – let's go to Branson. And I on the way there, there's also this precious moment that we were just looking for weird stuff in the area and road tripping. And so we went there and it was like a really crazy, surreal experience. So because um, we had very little sleep, so that helped. And it's, it's much smaller than it used to be. Um, but they have like a, a, a life-size precious moment who walks around
0: Oh, so like like Mickey Mouse at Disney World. <laughs> yeah, it's really okay.
1: kind of frightening. And there it's very clear and it's very clear that it's a religious thing. I mean, it's much more. I mean, there's like a rock and a cave like Jesus style with like a precious moment outside of it.
0: Is there like a a Jesus precious moment?
1: There I don't think he just I think he w- won't depict Jesus. Oh, I if see. I if I I don't remember No correctly. idolatry here. Yeah, I think he's just... I mean, because it's the kids he's into. All right, right, okay. That, that sounded bad. I don't, I don't mean that he's into kids. <laughs> I don't think he's into kids. He wishes
0: to depict the, right. the, 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 these, young, these young... Young, yeah. He, well,
1: he thinks that children are... Um, children are, like, uh, pure, and mm. they, they are most Christ-like. So okay. that is why he thinks that they are the way to... They're so...
0: To know better his way.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, but then I turned a corner, to wait, almost towards the end, and there was a, an entire rock band of midgets, or little people. I apologize. Um, and then, and like that, I just like kind of lost it. Like I was like, "This is too much." At, at the at
0: the precious moments. At the
1: precious moments, were it's they totally up random. Is
0: precious moments? No, they no, were just. Okay. It
1: was totally not related. Not really
0: sure why they were there. Yeah, and
1: there was so they used to have a wedding island where you could get married that was all precious moment buildings. Was it wasn't
0: little kiss.
1: No, it wasn't. Well, no, they weren't. I don't think they were. They weren't playing like a hard rock. They were okay. playing like a generic rock. It might have even been Christian rock. It wasn't clear. I, see. Um, I, I had to move away quickly because I was DC like, this talks. is just too much. Too much. Um, but then they also had, they used to have this giant fountain. And it would have a 40-foot 3D Jesus that would walk through the water. Um, so everyone else there was like super Christian. So sort of really like into Tupac. It. Yeah, very much so. Very, very much before Tupac's time. And they wouldn't tell you there's like there's a giant surprise at the end. But you just have to wait for it and you can't tell anyone.
0: Did you hear Queen's going to have Freddie Mercury do the same thing? I now? heard
1: that. I heard that. I don't, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I actually didn't watch the Tupac uh, no, 3D no, thing. No, no, I mean I
0: heard about it, but that was I saw photos, still photos.
1: I, yeah, I haven't seen it. D- does it really look like him?
0: Uh, sure. I mean, he, does I mean, it look and, like a hologram? I mean, it's not. It's not unlike uh, you know Obi Wan being projected by R two D two. Yeah, that's what I was.
1: Is it like blue?
0: In the picture, it was. But it's you know, perhaps is one of those things that photographs cannot accurately uh, sure, capture. It's that's true.
1: That's true. I don't understand that. I don't under. I don't understand why we're so obsessed with three D right now. You know,
0: I'm not so sure that we are obsessed. <laughs> you with and 3D. me? No, I, I, I'm not so convinced. Uh-oh. You know, as someone in the industry, right. quote unquote, and at least on afar, you know, I mean, I'm in like a, a suburb of the industry. Right. An excerpt, if you will. Right. Um, it, I don't really get the sense that anyone's really clamoring for 3D, except as, as the occasional uh, spectacle, right? So, you know, maybe like the occasional animated Pixar movie in 3D people sure. are into. But it seems like there's a quite a bit of declining returns uh, when it comes to 3D everything. And the only reason that, the, uh, that the, say, the manufacturers are interested in 3D is because they had this, this windfall during the digital transition, getting all these people to buy digital televisions. And that's happened. I, you know, Kind of everybody got one. And now they're like, oh, crap. Uh, the sales are going to go down, or are or, or plateauing. Right? Uh, how do we get everyone to buy new ones? Let's give them 3D N- ones. No
1: one's buying 3D but TVs. No, <laughs> no one, no one is I mean, people, doing that. I, mean, I can they're... tell you that, like from a work perspective. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So in that's my current professional... job, I work for a major retailer, and no one buys our 3D TVs. No one likes
0: them. I think the only people who buy them are the ones who are like, "Oh, it's like an extra dollar." Okay. Yeah,
1: I mean, if it's unrelated, yeah. yeah. But know, it's extra cheap. I've only seen two 3D movies. Uh, and one was like a foreign film that doesn't was like old school 3D. It wasn't like a new one. Oh, I guess I've seen three 3D movies. One was one was 3D porn. Um, mm, that was like no 15 years ago. Uh, on a, and I think I went on a date to it, but I didn't know it was a date. It was one of those situations. It was an awkward situation. And then uh, one was big tit zombie, which is not porn, but is like a Japanese foreign film. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I guess if it is about Japanese, it is zombies,
1: which was which, <laughs> anime or uh, no? It's live it's action. live action. Okay. It's uh, it was in the Chicago International Film Festival. Oh, okay. So it was it was a it's legit. And you, it's but when, you had
0: to wear glasses, of course,
1: only during certain sections. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then I went to one that had the actual glasses, and it was Jackass, which I think was a good movie to choose for that 3D, um, experience. However, uh, I, it. It makes me feel bad, I don't like it, yeah,
0: they really haven't fixed that yet, and they keep talking about you know the when they perfect the uh, glasses free three d experience, but i I am still uh I'm not sold
1: It just doesn't seem extra good
0: no we've been two uh, d media has been pretty good for it's, quite some time now.
1: It's not like I can't imagine it in real life. Right, it's, like maybe for like nature films, I think that might be cool. No, like can, IMAX sort of situations.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roland well, IMAX is sort of already kind of 3D like to begin with, right? You know, without having to all the 3D technology nonsense. Yeah, I don't see that it adds a lot. And you know, I can I can watch tele I can watch the world with one eye closed. I'm perfectly happy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not. of people not.
0: get by with just one eye. But
1: so, I mean, what do you think? Then is not is going to be the when? When is 3D going to be done? Like, when can we stop?
0: Oh, it, you know, what's going to happen is it's, you know, it'll it'll be up there with surround sound. Mm-hmm. You know, so plenty of people have surround sound or, or whatever, but plenty of people buy like a theater in a the box and they only ever get two speakers hooked up in the first place and right. the other two stay in the box. It's going to be like that. So the people who really care, the uh, the, the the big theater, home theater nerds, you know, right. will go nuts and then they'll start arguing about, you know, what are the different fidelities of 3d and right they'll start their own blogs and have a good time
1: but i feel like movie theaters are still into it real into it so i mean like when's that gonna stop when can i just go to regular movies like i don't want to see things in 3d yeah
0: well they're not gonna do everything no i think it'll be like a subsection there'll always be some every season animated you'll have, yeah you'll have some every season there'll be some 3d movies and then but there will be plenty of people who don't want to See the my lack of parenting extra money because i think it's like it's, an extra i think Ford it is i think something. it is
1: well my lack of parenting is helpful in this situation yeah, right, exactly yeah
0: your children won't be bothering you to go see it i yeah. remember seeing uh one 3d movie when i was a child it was called uh, metal storm the destruction of jared sin that sounds awesome 3d what was,
1: is that about It's
0: sort of sci-fi e bad like basically a bad direct to cable kind of movie but shot in 3d To kind uh, to lure you in to see it, Uh, and and you had to wear the uh, polarized glasses. They weren't active; they were just like the paper. Right, and um, you know it was sort of cool. It wasn't a very good movie, and uh, my brother, who's about seven years younger, was probably about five at the time, and uh, he kept taking them off because he was like, "I don't want things coming at me." Yeah, no,
1: that's it's not fun. Like
0: like, I don't like this at
1: all. Well, and I hate that whole like cheesy like. Especially in horror movies or something right, in the 3D, when they make it come out. yeah, it's just lame. Well, it was a 3D
0: craze back in the 80s. Yeah,
1: like the Freddy movie. Yeah, right. right.
0: And there was uh, one of the Friday the 13th was yeah. in the 3D. But there was this period when uh, the UHF station, one of the UHF stations near me, would do uh, 3D movies, but with the red and gr- the red and blue.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and you y- got
0: like the glasses with like a Slurpee at 7-Eleven. Oh, awesome. And you tuned in and it was always a class like a house of wax or or, a, or the, the creature from the Black Lagoon and something that might have been actually uh, theatrically uh, displayed in 3D back in the 50s or when during that first 3D wave. And I was real into that, but that's kind of a novelty to sit at home and watch your 19 inch uh, TV as a kid uh, in the 1980s. Yeah,
1: I think they could perfect a 3D movie where even if you weren't wearing 3D glasses, you could watch it. Yeah that then maybe. i think that would be super successful but even
0: then you don't always want things just jumping out at you from your screen right
1: but then you can choose like you maybe your wife just likes turn it, it off. And you're, yeah right right you can just turn yeah. it on and off yeah yeah i don't know
0: it's possible i don't i don't know anyone's clamoring for it i, I think this again this is not i, I think this is a uh, supply side uh, economic. <laughs>
1: yeah, I agree. I agree. It's
0: like you you will want this. You will you will take this. You will like.
1: But it this. seems to come back every twenty years. It's like fifties, eighties well, because they they run because well in the fifties happened.
0: Well, you know fifties you know they 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 started the widescreen phenomenon, the cinema scope, right? And then everyone then once everyone did that and everyone kind of got used to that, then then they're like, well, how else can we differentiate ourselves from television?
1: 3D. Right.
0: And then, you know, it was mostly schlock. Smell-O-Vision. It went away. It's Smell-O-Vision, right? Pink Flamingos. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, you know. I
1: just, I don't want to ever see a movie in a movie theater. I don't get, I don't, it doesn't do it for me anymore.
0: Hmm. I still like it. It's nice to have the big screen, primarily, the really big screen. Yeah,
1: no, I think that's, I think it's, you know, I enjoy that. I just think it's so uh, much of a pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. Um, Because it's like, I don't want to have a specific, and it's always like nine 27 or yeah, something. Right. Some weird time. It starts. And then it's like a half hour later. And that's why I,
0: I see like two movies in the theater. You yeah, know. I never see them. I just watch them at home. Yeah, me too. I'm just as happy. Yeah. But Back to the uh, precious moments.
1: Sure. Let's go back to precious moments. I was, I was
0: just thinking because, so, you know, you made the hipsters cry. I made the hipsters cry. Yeah. But so when you were, when you started really investigating it, when you started researching it. Sure. I mean, it didn't sound, it doesn't sound to me like this was entirely, uh, this wasn't like full ironic detachment
1: my personal yes um i guess i don't i don't know i mean i think like i i i research a lot of things that people uh are interested in because they don't like it like they think
0: well, they don't understand it
1: well no i mean i think they want to scorn it no matter mm-hmm. what so like i think the and i i think the the starting point of being like going to a bunch of churches is really like a good point like i am an atheist um but like I don't understand, like, I I don't wish I were religious, but, like, the idea that you're really, really super certain about anything, to me, is, like, blows my mind. Like, I, I don't get that. So, I mean, it might be something they're super certain about that I disagree with, but I feel like, why wouldn't you want to know why people think that stuff? Because it, it's totally bonkers. So, I mean, I think my point of view into that stuff is, like, why do people believe this bonkers thing? And uh, I guess what I get from my friends, because, like, whenever I'm obsessed about something, I think most, some of my friends will hear part of it, and they'll be like, I'm so sick of talking about this thing. Um, Or I hide it. Uh, And uh, usually they're like, man, I could never go do that, because I just can't stand, uh, I can't stand, like, those people, or, like, I can't, I couldn't listen to that. Or, um, it would just make me too angry. <laughs> Which, ironically, is how I feel about politics. Like, I cannot watch the news. Like, I t- cannot understand how anyone follows that shit. But, like, for me, religious things, I'm like, I don't understand why people think that. Like, I feel for, like, politics, people, you're never going to get at why, like, Santorum believes a crazy thing. Because he's a politician, so he's never going to, like, be honest about so you're it. you're not
0: entirely sure that he really does believe it.
1: Um... Well, I, I mean, whether or not he does, it's – what he believes and what he has to talk about what he believes is always going to be and, – and I'm not saying just conservative politicians. Right. I think all politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, he might get high in his spare time, but he's not going to bring it up, you know? So, so. Uh, I guess for religious people, there's no – I mean, except for maybe some televangelists who are making money, there's no real reason for them not to – like be super, and I think the most of them are super earnest. And I think that's another thing for me, and and that's all the things I think I find interesting It's like the incredible earnesty is really interesting to me. Like because I feel like being super excited about something is is something we've totally lost. It's not cool. Like and I think I've felt that way my whole life. Like when you're in grade school, like I was like this is super interesting. I'm gonna raise my hand, but that's not cool, right? Like being super interested in. Science or history was not cool and i feel the same way like all throughout education and now i feel like it's the same thing even though you know my friends are i would say mostly nerds um the idea that you're like i'm just really earnestly into this thing that's totally like happy is not like a cool thing to do
0: Hmm. so it's earnest so you're looking at things that, that other people are earnestly into Right, right. right. Yeah. So so it's something. And and are you sure? I mean, I don't I don't know. It's it's interesting because there's been uh, this weird turn I've seen. You know, in the last ten fifteen years of, on the one hand, like this idea of nerd culture. Yeah. Right. Uh, becoming much more mainstream and ex- and basically acceptable. This idea that you would be obsessed with Star Wars or science fiction or fantasy, fiction movies, and that et it's cetera. cool, and that yeah, that it's not. You know, and and yeah, it's still treated like there's a point of derision, but a derision is almost winking and knowing as opposed to uh, real and sincere, you know, and that that's sort of strange for me to watch because I think I've never I was personally only ever sort of into any of those things. But I've always been someone who's also always into into technology and computers and into sort of nerdy sort of sorts of things. I never embraced it 100 percent. I like Star Wars. I right. watch them every so often. Right. But I can't uh, really get into an extended dialogue about uh, various differences between the different of and higher. What's canonical?
1: The yeah. canonical. Wookiee metal and not, yeah, Wookie right, metal. right,
0: exactly. I, I or, or or Han Solo shooting first or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I understand. Like you, that.
1: you're conversant enough to know that those are the topics mm-hmm. that that nerds talk about.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and but the idea that this is somehow and and, and I do think it's 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 consistent with the rise of internet culture, uh, that that this is now uh, much more than just a sort of niche culture and, and yeah and something to be that is that is completely frowned upon like if you think about a movie like The Revenge of the Nerds right i mean in a that it was it was really about serious derision yeah at a level i mean for comedic purposes and i do think it was probably written to some extent by nerds or people who would have been considered nerds but uh i think the world's a different place than it was when that movie came out i
1: agree i think we need a whole episode on nerd culture <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i think there's a couple of things i think like I think well, and what's interesting to me now is like proving that you're a nerd, is like, it, it's like more important now. Yeah, there's celebrities
0: saying, "Well, I'm a nerd." I know,
1: and there's all these women who are like, kind of like, "Oh, well, I am totally a nerd," but you're, but like they're like a Playboy playmate.
0: I never would have said that in 1988.
1: Yeah, no, that that was true, but also like. I think there are people who are women who are actively lying about being a nerd, which is weird to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Because you would have you would have actively lied
1: to not be a nerd. Right. And I don't think, I mean, my experience is not that like, like while the nerd is being celebrated, I don't think like the nerd lady is being celebrated. Like, I don't think there's like a huge upswell of dudes who are like, I really want to know, I really want to like have sex with a girl who can like take a Apart a part motherboard, like no, I don't really see that as I. I it's like I want to have sex with a girl who dresses in a bikini, like Leia,
0: who otherwise no, yeah, yeah. Right. a g- girl who otherwise uh, conforms to the uh, to the dominant beauty right. standard, exactly. exactly, and also maybe puts on some glasses and plays, yeah, video
1: glasses games. are key, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Play, and,
0: it, and can play video games,
1: right, 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 and or like uh, at Forever Twenty One, they have like now all these like super I Heart nerd like paraphernalia and they have like hello kitty wearing glasses and it's stuff that like these girls who i know would be like cheerleaders in high school are purchasing now
0: right it's being a little bit and i'm I'm not here to fight for the uh for the purity of nerd culture no i
1: think no I, I rather agree. it's
0: but being a nerd ostensibly or or geek sort of interchangeable always to me but was a bit about being sincerely and earnestly into something right deeply right, right it was being deeply into star wars that's or, the pet
1: oswald well,
0: or d definition actually. right right yeah the, exactly right. right yes, yes, you know, being into things, but I think there was always and that was the reason why you were sort of uh not cool is it it wasn't cool to be into those things right. deeply, except for some things which the culture at that time at large uh said you should, like like sports right. being completely okay to be really into sports, yeah. up to a certain level.
1: Sure. certainly... Yeah, not statistics. Not
0: statistics. No. No, but individual player performance, a yeah. team, Playing like your that. own sports. Playing your own sports.
1: Although fantasy football, or fantasy sports in general, is really interesting to me now, too, because like that is like D&D times a thousand. It's like With so... With more math. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> what... How is this a popular thing now? I don't understand. Well, it's been
0: again. It's one of those things that, that I think is that with with internet culture is that it's it's been around for you know it's been around for twenty five years or more. But it's only when people could start networking. I knew people who had fantasy teams. Sure, sure. Uh, a long time ago. But
1: like the people I know who have fantasy teams now, all do all not right. do math on their No, Right off times yeah they're not
0: they're, they're math doing it people well there's a limited amount of statistics that you actually have to master
1: sure no i mean i i'm not saying it's beyond them i'm just <laughs> saying it's like it's not so if i was like hey do you want to like get together this weekend get some beers and do some math mm-hmm. they would which i would never say but they would not be like yeah let's do that let's put on some football and talk about statistics
0: yeah it, it, so we have this point now where everybody is, you know. So, so you're doing research. I'm trying to, you know, right, right. I, I'm synthesizing. Yeah, no, activity. you're you're my really on point, burning. and I'm very no, impressed. No, no, no. We should know. My my brain is actually frying right now. But um, is that you're 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 going into these things which might otherwise be scorned by certain you know people who consider themselves to be relatively hip. I have a nerds I would say yeah even. you know yeah. Or nerds even right yeah you know that that it, it's interesting to reject uh, while I embrace uh Wookiees I'm going to reject the uh the precious moments and uh, right. I, I'm guilty of it right, right 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 when uh when poor Thomas Kincaid recently uh, I know
1: which that is some sketchy sketchy shit like he is shit. totally and they say like natural causes but he's like 54 <laughs> that's sketchy.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm a bit like the painter of light, right? You're, right, you're, right. You know, because I think part of why me, why someone might also scorn the precious moments is because there's there's also you get the sense that there's a scam somewhere in there.
1: Well, I think with all Christian things, you sort of sense. I mean, I I think I think all. I mean, maybe this is my Catholic upbringing, but I feel like all sort of like newer churches that are Protestant always seem like a little sketchy to people. Or,
0: yeah, that they you well that, that uh, this. The spiritual and doctrinal aspect is is marketing, not necessarily that that I think it's it, it, There's a sense that it's that that it itself is not sincere, right?
1: And if you have a coffee bar and like slick graphics, you're probably you're probably scheming people. <laughs> I think that's well,
0: a- we were taught that, right? We were taught right. that by the televangelists, right? right? Exactly. You know, by your by your Jerry Falwells and the uh, uh, Jim Baker, Jim Baker, et who I've hugged.
1: He's a lovely person. He was very nice to me.
0: I, I watched his new show.
1: Yeah, it's well, it's a really small place. Like, yeah, it's
0: not not like it used to be. It's sort of depressing. It's in Branson, right? Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah.
1: depressing because it's like church picnic food and like shady tables, and they have like a weird gift shop that sells like boas. Like it's it's not religious. It's just this. It's kind of like a weird chatty show. It's like mm-hmm. a Regis and Kathy Lee for like yeah
0: yeah I've seen Christian
1: it. television. Yeah yeah and
0: then there's a you know there's going to be a little prayer and there's going to be a little bit of
1: sure. Like,
0: but yeah it's, it's it's light all things considered yeah it consider. is yeah but it, so you're looking into these things that are uh that, that other people are really into sincerely yeah. or, or yeah. earnestly and you're sort of you're trying to get a sense for what it's about because is is, is there is there the impulse or do you get the sense that this perhaps this thing isn't as va- vapid as it seems on the surface or as others look into it. Like, like people aren't that stupid. They've got to, they're finding something in it and it's be, it's sort of fascinating to find out what that thing is.
1: I don't know that it's people are stupid. I think that,
0: well, I said, are aren't, right, 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 yeah. right, right,
1: right. I think that, um, it's more that people get into things. I, I mean, if anything that I research has told me, it's like people get into things, not because of like the content, But because of, like, uh, the emotional community around it, Hmm. I feel like, uh, and I feel like that's true of, like, Star Wars. I mean, I, um, you know, was born in 79. So, I mean, I do remember seeing uh, Empire Strikes Back in the movie theater. It's probably the first movie I remember seeing. But my family hated science fiction and fantasy, and I didn't actually see them until I was, like, 16, So, I don't have, like, a childhood relationship with Star Wars. I would say I'm a big Star Wars fan. I've read Star Wars fiction. So, I guess that, you know. Um, But, like, I didn't get into it because of the story, because I didn't know the story. I got into it because all of my friends love Star Wars, right? And it is a great story, and I love it, but... um, you know, like, kids now, I like, that strikes me about kids now. It's like, how do you get into Star Wars as a kid now? Like, that movie is mom so... Mom and Dad. I know, but that movie's so old. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, sh- movies my mom and dad would have shown me that they, they were super into as kids. Like, I the would only be, thing
0: would have been Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I mean, I guess... showing on television.
1: Yeah, I mean, my parents are really old, so they would probably be like, this is some, um, I don't know, like, little rascals. <laughs> but, like, how dated does that look? Like, mm-hmm. I mean... Star Wars looks really dated, so I, I don't see how, as a child today, you could get in Star Wars earnestly without being like this kind of cheesy, <laughs> you know? Because well, you know,
0: you're a little ins- depending on how young you are when you're exposed. You're a little. You're a little insensitive to the cheese.
1: Sure. But well, and I think there's like all these other there's like Lego Star Wars games and like all that stuff around. And, and, it. and the
0: newer movies are uh, much more up to contemporary sort of standards. In terms of their cheesiness, although they're all they are still pretty cheesy.
1: Sure, and I think maybe that's also the the problem that Star Wars fans have because they're like they're equally cheesy and and convoluted, but because you didn't grow up with them, they're terrible, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. But so I mean, in terms of earnesty, I think yeah. I mean, I think that even things that are popular for people who are hip, the hipsters, things the hipsters like earnestly. I mean, are things that, you know, why are you into Pitchfork? Well, you're into Pitchfork because everyone agrees that Pitchfork is what determines what new music is. You know, why are you into... So you can talk about it with your friends. Mm -hmm. Like, very infrequently are people really super into something that they feel like they can't expose to other people.
0: Mm -hmm. So are you sort of arguing then that it's it's not instead of sort of uh furrowing one's brow and looking askance at the precious moments or pitchfork rather just sort of recognize these different uh factors that are in, that, that that cause us uh, or to engage why so you know so rather than you know i th- is is it perhaps that part of the uh, and I'm going to it's a sort of stereotypical hipster right. maneuver. It, it's sort of I think I think because at this point no one wants to be called a hipster. No one embraces it, and it's almost it's almost only uses an epith- epithet, right? But but the idea is that that they're um, they're into something which is which is uh, by definition purer. From probably from an artistic standpoint, for lack of a better way right. of looking at it, and in part of the way that it establishes its its bona fides, is that it is, is a more obscure than something which is uh, more embraced at the mainstream. With the sort of the mainstream, the most prototypical mainstream being something which you can find in a strip mall, right in the middle of Missouri,
1: right. No, I mean I think it's uh, because you connect with something and i think it's like the more obscure it is it's like i connect with this swedish pop band because only in sweden could they understand my aloneness and my love of great design um but and i mean i think for the same reason like my child is dead no one understands me like how can i get through this i mean i think it's all like the only reason people like music or like Something to, with that level of fervor is because it connects to the, them in a certain way, and I think. Uh,
0: but it, but it, yeah, and so that it sort of brings it to this fact. I mean, an argument one might one might take from that is right. that then it's really hard to argue from the standpoint of culture not necessarily art. To sort of treat them as different. It's very difficult for for someone to stand and say your your culture, your your cultural artifacts, the thing which you're interested in is is uh, by definition crap or to be despised so much as that we come from different places and there are different things which uh, may resonate for us and, 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 and sort of in the, because you were able to make the hipsters cry about right, it. Right
1: exactly well I mean I guess I feel like and this is a very temporal re- relevant topic I mean I guess I, I think it's so weirdly hypocritical to be like I'm into this and these people are into that and it's terrible and like you know <coughs> Nickelback should die um In the time when those same people, for the most part, and this is a very big generalization, but I would say most hipsters who are vocal are really liberal and they're like, I don't understand why people hate gay people. Why don't you want them to get married? Like, why do you even care? Well, it's like, why do you even care if someone listens to Nickelback? (laughs) Like, I don't understand why you care. Like, someone is super into something and as long as, like, they don't subject me to it, I don't care. Like... Nickelback's making money doing something they apparently like doing or, you know, as long as no one's inviting Scott Stapp over to your house. uh, Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I don't, yeah, right. I just don't want to hear it, but like, I mean, and sometimes you do have to hear it, but like, I don't think like, I hate Coldplay. I cannot stand them. I think they're terrible. I don't understand why anyone likes them. Um, But I mean, once in a great while, once a month, maybe I catch a a small bit of a Coldplay song and I'm like, ah, this is terrible but it doesn't bother me. I find
0: Coldplay takes me by surprise.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because yeah, you hear it and you're like, for, for I just me, don't like his
1: voice. I think that's the issue for me. I get
0: like four bars in. I'm like, hey, ah, uh, oh. Right. You know, for a minute, because Coldplay's a band to me, they don't really sound like Coldplay. Right. They kind of sound like like piano music, radio, heady kind right. of other little U2, a little bit of this, or they're like, they're, they're like a, a sort of a, a average summation of uh, a certain strain of modern rock for the last 20 years. And as such, they're sort of inoffensive until you, until you really listen. And so that's why you are sort of listening. Go, okay, this is sort of, you know, and I'll never be, you know, and I'll be like, what, do, what is this? This is all, oh, cool. you've been tricked. I, I've been tricked the same way. Like uh, when traveling across, country and uh you know i'll be scanning a radio dial and often on the left end i'll be like oh okay wow okay this sounds like a this might be a college station. this sounds pretty hip and i'm like all right it sounds kind of like a punk song and like jesus ah, jesus.
1: <laughs> jesus but why is that bad <laughs> so i think that that's the thing is like why is that bad just like there are tons of punk songs that are about things i don't care about yeah. like
0: you're right you're right and and, and uh having been a metalhead Right. right so it means i've also been exposed to, to christian metal and there are bands uh especially in sort of from the early 90s who i liked who were sort of uh, had feet in both worlds or they were embraced by sort of the christian metal world even if they did not actively pursue it
1: right well nickelback aren't they christian weren't they christian or no just creed just creed was creed. christian creed. Sorry.
0: yeah yeah creed not nickelback, nickelback. sorry yeah uh, yeah, exactly. They, they had to right. start in that sort of... Because there's this whole branch of, of, of the music industry that's Christian-y, yeah. but also actively pursues crossover um, and and everything, you know, which is because, you know, if you're really uh, evangelical, you, you right. want to bring the word to, to sure. the widest possible audience. Um, so, you know, and and, and I, so I kind of thought about, you know, well, you know, would it make a difference to me if, if uh, there's a band I really like called King's X? And they sort of would say, no, we're, nearly, we're we're Christians, we're not a Christian band. And right. so, you know, we may discuss Christian themes. And then, you know, and their lead singer um, came out of the closet, you know, and, is a, is a, and came out of the closet both as, as homosexual and as a big pot smoker. And the band's like, yep, Doug's always, we knew that. Right. <laughs> right. And the Christian music community sort of said, ah. Right. And they're like, well, I guess, you know, if maybe you're not real Christians. Right. <laughs> you would love us anyway. Right. Right. But that was, you know, maybe 10 years after the height of their popularity. So, you know, I sort of went through that and I I came to the same conclusion. I like bands that sometimes sing about Satan and I think that Satan is a fictional entity. Right. So, yeah, I should. Right, yeah,
1: like I I think that when Slayer sings about Satan, I don't believe that either. I think it's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, but it's it's a good song. But I, well, I think that's, but it brings up an interesting point that it's like, I think this sort of culture of like non-authenticity is sort of, you're, You're built to, like, listen to things and be like, oh, that's so... I'm not into that. And, I like, I have to catch myself because I I really don't like Radiohead either. But I had to be like, do I not like Radiohead because everyone likes Radiohead? And I think that's weird that, like... And that's something that, like, I think Christian culture doesn't have, which is awesome. That's, like, what other people think about this thing doesn't really... Isn't really supposed to...
0: Well, at least other people outside of your community. Outside
1: of your community, yeah. uh, Isn't supposed to like reflect on what how, what you think about it. And it's so backwards because yeah, like you, you made that that clarification because yes, like what your church thinks about everything else really really matters, right? Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know. I mean, I think in 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 indie rock especially there's there was sort of this small movement called the new sincerity movement i think there's there's authors that are you know there's a literature movement behind it too and i've only researched a little bit about it because it seems more of the research has been done on like literature but they they associate like devendra Barn- barnhart with it and uh i don't know so other like the, the singers bearded, i don't like
0: the bearded guys
1: bearded guys and uh, i think i think uh joanna Newsom is associated with it
0: she would be like the godmother
1: I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't listen to any other music. Yeah, not, not because I don't like it or like it. I just, it's not something yeah. I've paid, I've gone out of my way to listen to. Anyway, um, the idea being like, oh, oh and um, I guess I got into it through um, Maximum Fun. Are you familiar with Maximum mm-hmm. Fun? Yeah, so like the the Sound, of, it, sound it, the of, Young of Young America, America, which is now Bullseye, it's yeah, an interview show. Thorn. Yeah, and it's sort of, um, the idea was like, asking sincere questions not being overly cool about whoever's in the room or whatever and that idea of like sincerity is this new movement that we're going to you know the non-irony yeah and it's not really talked about and i think um it's i guess it died out or something i don't i'm not sure but it totally seems like what this movement in terms of um, these religious sort of cultural exports are about. It's just, or, like... or
0: even the nerdist stuff. Like yeah, the thing, yeah. being a nerd, I mean, yeah. is, is at least about the things that you like being right. earnest right. and being into it, right. uh, and and sort of being unapologetic about it. Right. And so it's sort of looking at it. It seems like the research point you're taking here is you're looking at things that really that you find fascinating because here are these people that are really in, earnest about this, and so there has to be something here. Whether it's something I Will personally resonate with me and cause right. me to to become a fan and like it's a different a different question. But but let's get at what the thing is here and not just mi- merely di- dismiss these people as deluded or right. or insincere or or well they may uh, be
1: deluded, but I think they're equally deluded to people who are like <laughs> I am gonna stay up for three days and sit in front of an Apple store. I mean, how is that any more deluded I, or less deluded? I it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you're super into, it looks you look like an idiot. That's true, you, you, look
0: like, you look like a, you look like a fanatic, and that's right. why that's why it comes from that word, the fanatic, right, the right. fan.
1: Um, I, and it was funny because uh, I was talking with a couple of friends who are both uh, Apple web app de- or uh, Apple iPhone developers, and you know they're of course Apple fanboys, and I guess I would consider myself an Apple fangirl, um, but uh, not I've, I've never stood in line for any. I don't do that. That's stupid. I don't stand in line for anything. <laughs> I'm not a fan of anything for that. To that extent, I guess. But um, they sort of like derided me for not being they, they asked me like a series of questions and then dismissed that i was not a fangirl because oh. i had not stand in line stood in line and i think it's it's again that sort of like you have to qualify sort of That's hipster right. culture like w- and, and well that let's make a lot of is. rules yeah 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 i mean general hipster and i think the Who's idea oh right and I think the idea that, like, no one wants to be called a hipster is a really interesting societal fact. Like, well, as far as
0: I can tell, what little I – because I remember the, the, uh, the word coming back into, uh, uh, into Common Parlance, you know, maybe being about a decade ago now. Yeah. It seemed like it was an early 2000s kind of thing. And I think the first time I remember it was really coming in, like, recognizing it as a distinct phenomenon was, I think, a blog called I Hate Fucking Hipsters. Yeah. And it was a, like a Williamsburg blog and it was sort of this person railing against what they saw as this next, uh, this emerging trend in fashion and music. Right. Right. The 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 first uh, probably already trucker caps had, had already sort of sure. crested. But, you know, seeing all these sort of esoteric fashion and music phenomena coming together and it seemed to be who you know the contest of who could be the most into the most obscure thing and you know be more on top of whatever the next wave i think electro clash would have been uh, sure
1: but like what are hipsters okay like buying the trucker hat like what is buying the trucker hat but like trying to buy authenticity
0: or 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 trying to you know or wh- whatever I mean whatever set of meta phenomenon that you that you're
1: happy sure but engage. all of that like okay. oh I want to listen to country music now. I want to listen to Johnny Cash and wear a trucker hat and wear like uh you know and drink pabst and you know down market like things and wear like car hearts like all of those things are from a really traditional culture in America that is super earnest like and honestly are the people who are buying precious moments which is <laughs> like like this idea that you're this like lower middle class to poor existence in in America, especially in the American South, is super authentic, right? Whatever that means. Yeah, right, right. right. Exactly. Authenticity. In terms of culture, I
0: I tend to fall on a side, I don't think there's such a thing. Right. But... uh,
1: Because it's especially not authentic for these people wearing their John Deere trucker hat
0: in Williamsburg. It's a comparative adjective. We can say, uh, you know, that was an authentic uh, Warhol print.
1: Right. (laughs) Well, I, for me at that time, I mean I was living in Portland, Oregon and and I did I didn't have a job because I lived in Portland, Oregon. And so I mean I did go I was did go to thrift stores to buy my t-shirts and I bought like funny like Jesus t-shirts honestly and you know plaid flannel shirts and then I moved to the middle of Illinois and I was a hipster, but I was like, I was dressed like what people would call a hipster, but I was like, this is like what I wear because that's just what everyone wears just, where it, I'm from. Yeah,
0: you know, it's like grunge.
1: Yeah, exactly. They ask,
0: you know, well, what is it that, you know, why do you guys wear the flannel? They're like, it's Seattle. It's cold. Yeah,
1: it's cold. Right. Like, we don't yeah. have
0: a lot of money and we can get flannel shirts, you know, f- three for $10.
1: Yeah. I can go to the value village and buy a cool t-shirt and <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, yeah. So that, I think that's, that's funny that like it. I guess I didn't think of, I didn't know what a hipster was probably until I moved to Illinois, back to Illinois. And uh, that was because, like, I don't think that that term means much in Oregon. No, I,
0: I think, well, it probably does now. Yeah. It probably didn't 10 years ago.
1: Sure, sure. Because, okay. like, everyone was a hipster.
0: Well, I think what happens is, is you know, what you might call it is sort of some strain of culture kind of erupts and it may erupt in several places at the same time, but it right. erupts for, from a number uh, of reasons. And once people kind of latch onto it as a specific culture, sort of the moment it becomes preppy, yeah. the moment it becomes punk, as opposed to this is what a bunch of working class kids in England do. Right. This is a bunch of... Uh,
1: Hot Topic sells it now. Yeah.
0: What a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, dropout art students do in the Lower East Side, once we can find a name and we can find uh, some set of uh, criteria... Uh, right a taxonomy if you will exactly that we can assign that particular thing and give it a name now it's something that is purchasable
1: right yeah I mean the even the idea that there was hot topic I remember going to college and being like there's like a a chain store that does this that like it was crazy to Maryland me
0: Marilyn Manson t-shirts right. was, and was, studded was, stuff yeah I, like
1: I remember having to sojourn with like my boyfriend to the alley in Chicago which is this like Mecca store of like leather jackets and piercing and you know that sort of stuff. And and I mean, if you knew that store, you were like super cool because like no one and know. at
0: that point, it was it was it was a sketchy part of town,
1: it was a sketchy part of town, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was <laughs> instead like instead
0: of being uh, uh, sort of more uh, uh, it didn't class. have an American apparel, it yeah, <laughs> American, or, or urban outfitter,
1: yeah, or a yoga studio, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that. Well, and I wonder if that's part of that whole nerd culture being popular thing, too. Because, like, now it's so easy to buy stuff that shows what group you're in.
0: Right. Because it, because whether or not your uh, local retailer carries it, it's very easy to order it online.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, you're not. And and that's probably true. Because if, you know, I, I think back to being a kid, you know, in the 80s in Exurban New Jersey, uh, there was, you know, we had a mall. Right, you know, so you know, we I could definitely get my heavy metal records. Right, they they definitely had a section at the uh, Camelot music or or whatever, and I think there were some punk and things like that. And that was about it. But there wasn't a whole lot of other uh, places to get uh, the accoutrement. Right. Of, of any of these lifestyles, which which I d- never had, I didn't, didn't have much interest in, and 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 I knew that uh, the kids I knew would often they would get they would get themselves to Philadelphia or they get right. themselves to Northern New Jersey, and then maybe there were stores that would come and go because I was close to the Jersey Shore, out the boardwalk. Right, that's the kind of thing you sell to tourists.
1: Right, <laughs> like I mean, I remember yeah distinctly like buying my first Jed Kennedys T-shirt, mm-hmm. like very like. Like, this is a thing I got to, yeah. like, I got to sojourn to
0: do. And yet, and a lot of times, if I wanted to, if you wanted, like, a more obscure record or, uh, or cassette, you you ordered it out of the back of a magazine.
1: Right. Which is hard, you know, that's a, you don't know if you're going to like that.
0: And you don't know if you're going to get it. No. Half the time. <laughs> right, right. Right. You know, but so, you know, there was ostensibly, you had you had to be really into it because you had to be willing to go through the effort. Maybe that's part of why people are so protective of it because they feel like, well, you know, knowing about this band or this culture or this type of literature or whatever, it required – you had to be really into it because nobody in their right mind who wasn't into it would go through all the effort to get this stuff. Now, eh, you know, whatever. You know, if I can just find out about it on a blog and and download it right away or or type in my credit card number and have it in two days from Amazon –
1: yeah, but I guess I think there's a difference between owning something and then relating to it. And I think that's <laughs> Oh, really? That's but I mean I think that's the thing is like like we'll never get sponsors now. <laughs> but I think like yeah, like I mean I'm as guilty as anyone of this. Like I'm such a music hoarder. Like like someone tells me that this band is good and I download the record and I probably won't listen to it. Like if it gets put on my iPod, I'll listen to it. But like I won't go out of my way. And then you know, there's tons of music that I don't listen to and I feel like uh just because you're the only kid in your neighborhood going and 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 buying that Zappa album doesn't mean there's not thousands of other kids everywhere else doing it too. I mean, I think now. Well, you I can think just, you
0: learn that, and then there's right, the community, right? And you right. go like, "Oh my gosh, you like Zappa too?"
1: Oh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but so, I mean, I think like, I I mean, I feel like now probably kids can see through that too. The kids these days can probably see through like. Okay, you're just talking about insert hip but, band So then here. it doesn't.
0: So, it, but regardless, we we what what we fail to remove from the equation is the thing we started with. Is this idea that there's something you're, you're genuinely into? This is right. sincere for you. This is more than than uh, posturing or, as we used to say, being a poser.
1: Right. Well, yeah, and I think that that's probably the the predecessor. And I think there's this whole. It's the same thing of like, oh, I'm dating this guy in a band. I'm a girl who dating this guy in a band. So I'm gonna pretend to like. Uh, you know, I know, Les Claypool would be the my eras, you know, uh, or uh, you know, even, because no, everyone knows no girls like that, right? Or, um, and I think that's sort of the same nerd thing now too, where it's like I'm gonna wear a slutty Leia bikini, but I don't actually know anything about these movies.
0: Or uh, the the quintessential poser story from uh, from the early '90s was uh, the story that Kip Winger. Uh-huh. Uh huh. the The lead singer and lead man behind the the great uh, hair metal band Winger.
1: Really, and, I thought he was in Dokken. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be great. <laughs> that would be awesome.
0: Uh, had a roadie whose job it was in every town to go and buy him uh, t shirts uh, for all the whatever seemed to be like the hippest of the of the of the metal bands at the time and then strategically ripped them so it looked like they were old and ragged so he, he loved that on stage. band yeah exactly because uh because it the the rumor was that he wasn't really a metal head at all and you know it wasn't really into metal at all and it was just he found he could make some money writing uh, songs about uh statutory rape
1: that's cool that's cool. You know.
0: It was the quintessential poser story of, of right, the, right of that time. Yo, oh, uh, was wearing a Metal Church album, so, uh, you know, his t-shirt. He's never he doesn't like Metal Church.
1: Yeah, and I guess I wonder why like Joel Joel Osteen being a poser is more difficult for people than like I don't know, like Cartol? Yeah, I I mean, I guess I don't know enough <laughs> about modern hipster music to know who's a poser, but uh Oh yes,
0: we do. Uh, uh, Lana Del Rey isn't isn't she supposed to? Oh, Lana to be, Del Rey, isn't yeah, she d- supposed to be the the, 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 the She is a total poser. Yeah, that's right yeah. here.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know anything about that except for that Saturday Night Live thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I guess I, it's it's the problem is it's your identity that you're now fighting about. It's about like the aut- authenticity of your identity, but like, why do you have to prove to someone that like liking whoever is is authentic like why do you care i mean and that's yeah. that's more of that like well, i just like that's a big question well that, right, right. More <laughs> yeah, exactly but i mean why I do we care? <laughs> <laughs> but i think very, very, very <laughs> that's the idea i mean that's the idea is like i like precious moments because i like precious moments like i mean i'm sure somewhere in some in some burg there is someone who likes precious moments so that they're cool and i'm sure a lot of dudes have pretended to like precious moments for a lady but um which is the great reason to pretend you like anything. Um, but, but I mean, people still do pretend they like a band. Well, it, and it's a
0: moving target because, you know, I sort of often, part of my self-definition has been metalhead. I've been listening. Right. I first started listening to, uh, like, you know, sort of real heavy metal, like thrash and speed metal and such uh, when I was about 15 years old. Um, which at that point felt like I was late to the party, of course. Right. Um, but I also liked, I also liked things like The Cure. I really liked REM. You know, sort of. You know, I, I was into both, and I also felt very late to the party, unlike REM and The Cure and so-called alternative music at the time. Right. And, and, uh, felt, uh, I'm not sure it was true, but I felt, uh, you know, sort of looked down upon by the kids who were really into that and looked down upon because the kids were really into metal because I hadn't been listening to it since I was in eighth grade. Right. So in, in both cases feeling sort of ostensibly unauthentic, but by the time I was like 21 and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I got my first art. you know, I started listening to R.E.M., you know, uh, before they got signed to Warner Brothers. Wow. That was like forever ago. I'm like. Okay, it felt like I was late to the party then. Right, right. <laughs> it's this moving target, right? Right. You know, and and, and and I might have you know gotten into a lot of punk bands later than than a lot of the punks I knew in high school. But you know, uh, twenty years later, who gives a crap?
1: Right. I, uh, yeah. I mean, whatever the album after you started listening is always going to be the shitty album, right? That's like, right. I mean, I think that's the story of Metallica, right? Like, that's like, if you started listening way in the beginning, then every, every Master, of Pu- Master of Puppets mm-hmm. is is total sellout. But if you start li- listening with Master of Puppets, you're like, oh, the Black album, they totally sold out, you know? Uh,
0: I- yeah. I mean, they're like the Slayer fans who are like, well, I mean, ever since they started, ever you know, when they slowed down after, uh, after uh, uh, raining blood, forget it, you know, they were no longer good.
1: Right. Well, and I mean, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I don't I face that too. I mean, I feel like they're, but I guess I wonder why it's not a question of like, oh, I just don't like this band anymore and it's me changing. Like, I don't like the Hold Steady anymore. Like, I used to love the Hold Steady. I've been to 15 Hold Steady shows. I think they're great. I loved Lifter Puller. But the last two shows I went to, I was like, this is not for me anymore. Like this, I can't do this. And it's like, have they changed? Yeah. A little bit. Has the crowd changed? Yeah. A lot. But I mean, I think, I don't think that's like their fault. Like, I don't think they sold out. I think they're still doing like what's awesome to them. It's just not awesome to me anymore.
0: Right. I mean, sort of bundled in this, in this idea, you know, I think poser or selling out inauthentic or whatever what gets bundled up against into it, I think, and is uh, the sort of visceral response a person has is the idea that somebody is doing something for a reason other than the sincere joy of it. Right. I think that's the response. So when someone looks down at like the precious moments. It's because maybe they they suspect that this is being you know that a team of marketers got together in a uh, in a in a room and was trying to come up with some kind of object to sell Christian housewives that it, that it was that, it, that from the very start the entire enterprise was was uh, artificial and 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 you know rather than what it sounds like comes from somebody who while he's made a ton of money at it was coming at it from a point of real sincere interest and and and. Maybe joy isn't the right word, but even
1: if it is, even if it's total one hundred, yeah, which I agree mm-hmm. with you. I don't think it is marketing, but like if it was one hundred percent marketing, but it makes people who whose children died feel better, like cool. Is that so bad? That's right. cool. And
0: so and that, that right, like, I
1: love Kesha. Like that is one hundred percent marketing. Like, but it's a, it's a really fun time to go to that show. Like I think there's so many pop bands like that, and if it's not the pop band from your period of time. Then, then they're total sell-outs who are terrible. Like, but like, you go to any—I mean, you know, Madonna's not like that though, because the Madonna's for my period of time. But Madonna's one hundred percent manufactured as well. So, like, why? I guess uh, if it's manufactured, but it's for, but it it helps you out. I don't. I don't see the problem. Well,
0: I, right, and I think you know, I don't. Whatever that thing is that we react to, it's it's nothing inherent it's nothing obvious right and and it 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 is obviously coming from a place of uh, probably of insecurity about one's own place and and everything and and not wanting to not yourself and i'm not saying necessarily you but somebody right right, you know it's a bit of you know if everybody's sort of uh puffing up and putting on a mask you don't want anyone to take your mask off
1: right yeah i guess i i think too there's this idea that people who uh like precious moments are dumb. I mean, I do think there's that whole, or you know, they can't see that they're being marketed to, right?
0: Right, and and I and I think that that's probably right, wrong. I mean, it, just from you know, uh, otherwise, you fall into the sort of the uh, uh the clever me fallacy,
1: right?
0: right? Like, I see through all this, it's the all right. those other people who can't see through it that we're worried right. about, and and that's probably wrong.
1: They're trying to sell me on the Gautier or whatever, however, they pronounce <laughs> that guy. Do you know this guy? It's like this huge hit right now. No, He's, he sorry. he has a xylophone song. It was on Saturday Night Live.
0: Wow. No, I have no clue. I, it's I,
1: it's a great song. I think it's great. I it's probably the first song I've seen on Saturday Night Live, and I was like, I like the song. But I guess he is very hip. Uh, but and it's totally being Im-
0: worried that they're being marketed to. Oh, I think the,
1: no yeah. one is. I okay. think no one's worried. Everyone knows that. But no, they don't know. They're like, this is great and mm, okay. new and I mean. I don't think anyone. I think if you're at such a small scale where you're underground or at least perceived mm-hmm. to be, I think people just don't think that there's a marketing campaign around it.
0: Right, but at this point, uh, with you know, things are so segmented, right, you know that it's very different. You know, it's easy to put on whatever particular point of marketing, which doesn't mean that there aren't. You know, thing. It, it does right. It doesn't mean that that's inauthentic in the same. You know, in as much as. You know, uh, Ian Mackay and his uh, brother and his friends in a basement in Arlington, Virginia. Right. And I don't. And, I, and this isn't trying to put either uh, put him on a pedestal or to, right. or to take him down because I don't think uh, Ian Mackay would make the argument <laughs> either way. You know, you know the selling out. You know, I don't think we want to go too far down this, but the selling out is is is, is we can see it again. It, it's like hipster. Right. It's a straw man argument. Right. There there isn't a quintessential hipster and there's nobody who quintessentially sells out. But if you project a particular uh, philosophical line or ethical line on somebody which they violate, you call that selling out. You know, otherwise we're just selling out equals hypocrite,
1: right? Whereas if you are always in it for the marketing aspect, you can't really sell out because yeah. like you don't you're selling, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no,
0: and 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 or you 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 know you there are there are figures, uh, in Mackay, you know, again as a as a good uh, touchstone for this who who very uh, explicitly and this is pretty rare but very explicitly sets down a line of his philosophy. And endeavors to adhere to it. And I'm not saying... Well, that, I don't know. I don't buy, buy that. that because I'm not saying that he's and I don't put that out there as, as I'm not I'm not putting them you on a you yeah
1: right but you can buy the discord back catalog at Hot Topic so right. that's well, no, not no. not selling out well, I mean, that's well no be... no and it
0: wasn't saying that he's selling out so much as that he, he makes it very he, he draws out a very explicit and clear line by which he can be judged because he's sitting there and saying I am about this I'm about this and I don't right. think he would actually say I'm against Hot Topic per se sure if, if you listen to him he'd say well we're not going to sign a no major label because I was afraid if we signed a major label they we would, would lose us. autonomy yeah, yeah, yeah. over what 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 we do he wouldn't he didn't really say it's because i think warner brothers per se is bad so much as i think it's a bad deal right which is a very different argument and is
1: a totally like marketing slash like monetary argument i
0: don't think he would argue that he doesn't And, and in recent interviews i've heard him sort of lament that being you know basically the ceo of discord means he spends more time being a record label head than he ever does making music and that's the compromise he's had to draw but then he recognizes that that's what he does rather than making music which maybe would be the thing that a major label contract would allow him to do.
1: Right. Maybe. And I, and I mean I think like I I guess I don't know how how people get music now like find new if you are hip how you find new music? Yeah,
0: I don't know, blogs.
1: I get, Oh yeah, like the Brooklyn Vegan? That's of stuff or
0: or something far more uh far more obscure. It did
1: seem like when I lived in New York I had a friend who was like probably seven years younger than me and so every week she would have this new band that was like the band and it just seemed like everyone in in that things
0: move faster in brooklyn
1: which yeah, it's true but i mean i think that everyone in that scene if you know mm-hmm. would know a band uh like that week and they I'm would sure all know that band that week
0: there was probably interpersonal i mean it probably it's had like a lot friend. to do with your friends yeah 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 and, um or but your it, friend's blog
1: but it was interesting because i um you know, I guess I listen to music in my house, and I find it, like, by obsessive internet research. So um, when I listen to a record, I never know what the hit song is, because I don't, I don't know anyone else who listens to this band. N- maybe my friends do listen to this band, but I don't know. So uh, for the first, like, year, every show... Because it was awesome to live in New York, because it was like, oh, this band's gonna be here, you know? And so I would go to those shows, and it it was totally bizarre and random to me, because... Some shows I would have expected a lot of people to come to, no one was at, and vice versa. And the songs I liked sometimes were the hits, but most frequently were not. So I wonder, like, you know, there needs to be some sort of psych evaluation where people listen in a vacuum Mm -hmm. to hip bands and then see which ones they determine are hip. Because I do think it is this whole, like well, my friends like this band so we can all go to the show together.
0: Right, and, and I don't think, again, in, it, it is any more uh, insincere someone liking the band no. and going to the show and joining the music than it was if they lived in a hick town, you know, and there was only one band that came through that year. Right, you right. You know, and, and, and everyone liked that band and that's what you had exposure to so you went for it.
1: Well, and I do think that the the hipster love of country music. I do love country music, so I guess I keep coming back to this. I
0: seem to have missed this hipster love of country music
1: phenomenon. The well the Johnny Cash phenomenon. Oh, okay. I feel yeah. well and that's yeah. the thing. It's the old country versus new pop country mm-hmm. thing where it's like, oh, I only like old country you know, mm. but I don't like this new pop music because that's so inauthentic and it's so insincere. And I think that's really interesting because People who actually live in the country listen to new pop country, like, because it is not insincere, because it is about tractors, you know, it is about America.
0: Dogs and trucks.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's actually talking about politics, which I think is interesting that, like, a pop country song will talk about politics, whereas, like, you know, I mean, I guess a hip hop song will talk about politics now. But most pop songs are not. Like, a Britney Spears song is not going to discuss politics, probably. probably not. No.
0: But I don't know if a, if a, uh, what is... What's her name? The 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 reigning current pop country princess. Um, I'm totally. Oh, I know what you're name, talking but... about. Mm. I don't
1: know. She's very attractive. Someone no. didn't like her on yeah, yeah. American Idol, I believe.
0: Uh, on American Idol. She was on American Idol. I think
1: so. I don't know. No. Maybe we're not talking and about boy, the same we're person. Yeah, yeah, we're bad at country pop country.
0: Yeah, it's not my favorite thing. It never was.
1: Um, I mean, I like some of it. I think it's. But that's the other. Th- it's again this like stupid people who listen to that, because I don't think that anyone who listens to pop country is like yeah she thinks my tractor sexy is a totally earnest song, you know what I mean like like there's equally stupid punk song titles, but I don't think anyone's like, yeah. yeah they like, totally
0: like, like who farted
1: right and uh, yeah or, or like half of all of no songs like <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't all of
0: the descendants yeah right
1: right, 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 right. <laughs> like I don't think like I don't think anyone listens to no effects and is mm-hmm. like no effects really thinks people people are going to play this song on the radio and they're wrong and dumb, you know, mm-hmm. like no one thinks that, but like, why? I, I, I don't get why that happens with like this. It's that can't be fake. authentic. Well,
0: and I'm going to put this on, uh, we'll put this in the queue in the for list. a future in show here. I think we found uh, an artist who, who sort of almost sums up all of this in uh, musical arts. Sums all of this up, especially in hit in, in the, in the, in the, Sort of what surprises me is his ongoing and renewed popularity. Now, it'd be Weird dog Yankovic.
1: Yeah, yeah. I heard a really good interview. He was on uh, what the fuck?
0: Oh, he's been making all the podcasts. He's been making rounds. the rounds. Yeah, he, know, he knows where his bread is buttered.
1: He does. He does. Yeah, he is. He is totally. And his, his party. Party in the CIA, which is, I think, his last hit, was amazing. It was a great song. Well, you
0: know, his last album was his highest charting album.
1: Yeah. And because no one buys albums anymore, (laughs) he's he's totally rich. Like, he's like the best (laughs) Well, he didn't make any more money, necessarily. Right, but he's like the best selling person ever now. (laughs) But do you think that's because he's got an old audience who buys CDs?
0: Well, yeah. and, and And also because he's got a young audience who buys CDs.
1: Do young people actually buy CDs?
0: You know, I think if you're like eight, maybe buy. someone buys you a CD. And especially really? might buy you Weird Al. Oh, yeah. Like mom or dad, right? Yeah, you're li- you're little... But why
1: wouldn't they buy you a digital download?
0: Because you don't give them an iPod yet. Oh, you might not, you know, and you don't want to have to be the one who has to press play on the computer all the time, right? I don't know. I don't have an eight year old, so I really, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Are you
1: buying a lot of eight year olds weird not LCDs? A lot of
0: no, I buy them Slayer CDs.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> I have, uh, have turned a child onto onto Hall Notes, so I feel like my 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 legacy to the world again. Is...
0: Another another uh, uh, revival. Although I will to say that revival is
1: totally ironic. It,
0: Yes, no. Was
1: built in irony. It was,
0: except for that. Daryl Hall doesn't give a shit.
1: Right. Yeah. Daryl Hall is
0: well, because he got that live from Daryl's house show. Right. And that was kind of what really I think that actually helped rebuild the groundswell because it's been on. Yeah, but there was that.
1: Well, and there was that yacht rock irony thing that happened that started.
0: And and and, but but Hall notes are smart. They're like, we'll ride this.
1: Good for them, man. I mean, like, I think that's the thing of of most like revival of washed up artists and not to say that so but but that's been happening
0: i mean so i mean here's a question do you, do you know shanana
1: yeah i'm f- vaguely familiar you know, with shanana. So, so shanana
0: was basically you know a a 50s cover group right uh that was that well i guess they first uh god they were a woodstock i believe so <laughs> Strangely enough, but but had popularity through most of the seventies, and you know, and basically you know adopted sort of the the doo wop look, the greaser hairdos, and everything else, and and eventually had a half hour syndicated sitcom that was basically about the band, kind of like like all the sitcoms, monkeys, kind of like the monkeys, only much more down market, living in like the Bowery, you know. Oh, they
1: were like street, t- they were tough,
0: they were sort of like wannabe street tough. It's like that, that other show which I
1: now can't think of the name of of these New Zealander guys.
0: I don't know that. Oh, oh, the Bay City Rollers.
1: <laughs> no, no, they're British. <laughs> no, no, they have their own show. It's too. like a TV show that was on like oh, a flood two of years Concord. ago. Yes. Okay. So is it like they live on the Bowery? Right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's a that is because of the Shannen sitcom?
0: You know, you don't, I don't know. I
1: never made that connection. I never made
0: it, because I haven't thought of it, in, right. it since, because I watched as a kid. Okay. But, you know, like, Happy Days was all part of that, the, the first wave of 50s nostalgia yeah. in the 70s. And 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 then some of those songs came back, and, and those artists who were considered has-beens, uh, like Bill Haley or uh, a lot of the other 50s groups, started touring again in package tours, often with Sha Na Right. Was that ironic?
1: Right. Yeah, do people...
0: Right, and in some cases it was because the people who had been teenagers in the 50s yeah, were th- now middle th- class parents in the 70s.
1: Uh, yeah, I think you would ascribe that to like old people.
0: Nostalgia. Yeah.
1: Um, but, but young kids were into it. Right, 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 right.
0: You know, wasn't, it wasn't, it, it started again to have some, I mean.
1: Well, like how young kids are into the 90s fashions right now, yeah. and I would not be. Or like, well, I mean, you can draw a direct
0: line from Shanana through Happy Days to the Stray Cats.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that Rockabilly thing is weird. I don't Still get that at and all. I'm just
0: saying, you know, it, 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 I'm, I'm just problematizing the, right. uh, the, the notion of, so, so I saw Hollow Notes last summer. That was not irony.
1: Right, yeah, you like Hall Notes. I like But Hall I mean, notes. I think a lot of people get into Hall of Notes through I my irony. I my who
0: just drilled it in. She just played a lot of Hall of Notes in the house. Right. And eventually, you, you have to like it.
1: But don't you think, like, uh, a lot of people got into Hall of Notes through irony, but then didn't? And then said, oh, actually, oh, these like are this. pretty good tunes. Yeah, I like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if there was, not if the, I mean, it, it, I would say that the mirror image is, is the Vanilla Ice thing. Like, he still tours, but he, pretty much his audience is always the same age.
1: Right. Like, or like the new kids on the block tour. Yeah, I seems... don't I mean,
0: the new kids on the block, it almost give a little more credit to. Right. And a few cuz cuz vinyl ice really had one it's true. hit.
1: It's true. True. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't think most people can really name it. That other anyone songs. really bought, you know. Right. Uh,
0: and 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 he and he primarily plays either frat houses or places populated by young men between the ages of 18 and 25, and that has been for the last 15 years. I remember him playing one of the clubs frequented by frack boys and U of I 15 years ago.
1: But like, so how do you think that Hall and Oates gets chosen as an irony band, but like uh, Kenny Chesney does not?
0: Uh, he's not old enough yet.
1: So, like, in 20 years, <laughs> there'll be a Kenny Chesney irony band? Well, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, he's pop country, so, you know, already that's crossing too many lines. It's there. too many, yeah. You know, whereas, whereas Hall & Oates were... Hall and Oates and, well,
1: and but ha- that's what I'm saying, it would be, it would be even more ironic if you were, like, a guy who is in his 20s right now who listens only to pop country.
0: It, we're waiting for the Toto
1: comeback. <laughs> sure. But, like, no, don't you think, I mean, like... I mean, I guess if if the idea of being extremely hip now is irony or was irony in a, in the oh. last preceding decade or whatever, why not listen to things that are like, why not listen only to like Lee Greenwood and... Uh, and there are people who do. I don't, but I don't I, think yeah. there's a ton of people who listen to Lee Greenwood, ironically.
0: Yeah, it's a little tough to tolerate.
1: You know, uh,
0: Maybe it has to actually be good.
1: Uh, well, yeah, but what does that mean? <laughs>
0: Well, again, Lee, Lee Greenwood does not have a wide and deep discography. It's true, but I mean,
1: that's a great hit. Uh,
0: yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, as much as it makes you want to destroy all Fourth of July uh, fireworks, uh, displays, <laughs> uh, I, I, it is a great hit. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the fickleness of the of the public. Although when I saw Hollow Notes last year, uh, that was not a hipster audience. I mean, there were hipsters in the audience. But it was not hipster.
1: But players. it was also the location. I think that you uh, saw them. I at.
0: saw them at Ravinia, yeah. which is not really a hipster central, so. right? Like I mean, I went. To so see if we went them. to see them at the Chicago theater, it would be a right. Deal.
1: I think that's the difference. I think that location makes a big difference. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I mean, I think. So I, I mean, I guess the artist intent, like when we talked about Winger, um, the idea that like there is all these bands, especially older bands, who are like oh, they just want us to play the hits, and that's not who we are as artists. Like, we've evolved, and mm-hmm. they have to suck it up. And I think that's sort of the, the interesting thing about um, authenticity, because, like, the authentic band... Th- like, the Poison 2012, if they were authentic, would not play any of the songs that they play. You right. know, they play, like, the top five, I bet. But
0: they can't be. They can't be the authentic Poison from 1988. Right, right. I understand,
1: but they're never going to be. But they're. But if they were to play only their new hits, Mm -hmm. like no one would care. No one. No one would want to know. So you don't want authenticity there.
0: It's a very rare. It's a very rare band that can uh, maintain that level of so-called artistic integrity. Right. Right. Uh, Productive integrity over the course of a decade or more.
1: Well, I was a big urge overkill fan, and Mm -hmm. um, I and they're a Chicago band, so um, you know I liked them in like nineteen. Early nineties, ninety, yeah. So, um, and, uh, but I was too young then to like go to shows, so I could I didn't get to see them the first time around. But then they had a tour through Illinois, probably in like two thousand four. So I saw them then, and then I saw them again like last year because they're now they put out a new album and um, they're playing with uh I don't who oh Tenacious D, which is crazy. That's like a crazy show to me, but um. So my friend booked their show last year, and so I was talking to him about the show, and I said, well, you know they're not going to play Girl, You'll Be a Woman soon. They're not going to play that song. And he was like, well, <laughs> yeah, of course they're going to play that song. That's their only hit. That's like, for sure, people know Saturation. They know these other hits, but but that's their hit. That's what they close with. And I was like, no, no, they don't They don't play that song. They don't play that ever, which, first of all, that's the most ironic mm. cover of all time, probably. Right, yeah. I mean, it's totally 100% ironic, I think, they would say. I don't know them, but you know. Um, So he was like, well, he was like super angry because like from his point of view, people paid this ticket money to see Girl, You'll Be a Woman (laughs) Soon. They do not care how many songs precede this. Their money is only for Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. But then from their point of view, they're like, look, we're Totally old now, and we're not going to play the yeah, song that, was, that we did as a one-off that isn't part of our career was at all. Seventeen
0: years ago, man.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it was like a song they didn't even do. I mean, it was on an EP. It wasn't like a song they did for real. And so, I mean, I get their side of it. And honestly, as a as a real fan, I don't want to hear that song. And I'm mm. sure real fans of Winger or whatever. I don't know, that, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> but that's and that's the other thing is like, do you, if you're that washed up sort of band. Do you play the authentic hits? Mm-hmm. Like there are 15 songs I would like to hear them play that, that they're never well, going to play. they
0: probably know what their crowd favorites are. Right, you know? right.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure what they play in Chicago is going to be different than what they play in New York or what they play in Vegas or something. But um, but what do you play? Because like, you can't play only deep cuts that are authentic.
0: See, the Beatles never had this problem.
1: Because they were not very authentic in my opinion. Because they just
0: quit touring.
1: That's
0: true. Shea Stadium and the whole gig was up. They were broken up by the end of the decade. They never had to confront this.
1: I think, but they be, they were a non authentic band that sort of became authentic, <laughs> don't you think? Like, right. I
0: mean, I mean, that's just one argument one could make.
1: That's that's my argument. That's I, argument. I actually really didn't like the Beatles until mm-hmm. about five years ago, so I had to like work into it's, it. It's it, it, it is
0: the it is the sort of argument that will keep uh, cultural critics um, in page views. Sure. foreseeable future. Sure. And there's no end to that argument. It
1: is. I mean, I guess, though, also, once you get to a certain level of famousness or ubiquity, like, it doesn't matter if Michael Jackson is authentic anymore, right? Right. It, do, it totally does not matter.
0: Or whether he was or, or lost it, you know.
1: Or, I mean, I think the great example of this is, like, Bruce Springsteen, right? Like, Bruce Springsteen, authentically, does is not wearing dirty wife beaters and ripped jeans at his like palatial estate no, well you,
0: i mean do you remember uh in the in, was it the late 80s when he uh, married the model i can't remember her name now so he married a model right and, and people were like oh my god you know and you right. know it's sort of but his, it's okay for billy
1: joel to marry a well, model
0: Well, but it was but, but billy joel no one ever bought him in the working man kind it's of true. uh stance and 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 so with you know bruce and i guess because i was in jersey it was all the more uh had a much more currency as a social problem uh you know he he it was in his sort of midlife crisis so it was in those in the sort of like wandering years after born in the usa does this big massive tour you know one of the biggest selling tours of all time uh marries a model i can't remember her name because i'm not really a big bruce fan uh and uh isn't you know, that
1: isn't that illegal don't you have like to get a card yeah, as a see, new jersey citizen thing, right? don't you have to
0: no. I, I i get bruce now but it took a long time and it's still i don't like all of his studio records even the classic ones i don't like the production but that's a different that's a different issue
1: different story so
0: so he marries the model and we were like oh my god and he starts you know like dressing in suits he starts cleans up and he and they're like what whatever happened to bruce springsteen And then, you know, he cheats on her with Patty Schiaffa, who is, you know, like a good real Jersey girl singing back up in the band and dumps the model and comes back to his uh, Jersey roots.
1: Right. So do you think that's, do you think that's what happened? Or do you, I mean, is that the story you're telling for authenticity's sake? That's the story that that, everyone's telling. That's the received
0: story. Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. Right. But yeah, I mean... Do you think he's dressing... I mean, there could be a variety of reasons for those things that do not signal he no, has exactly. gone back to authenticity.
0: Well, I mean, how can he? He's a multimillionaire. Right. I mean, right. he can, you know, he's he lives in a big mansion and right. he has an apartment in, in 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 Manhattan, I believe, you know. I mean, there's
1: And and if you have an an apartment in Manhattan, you cannot be authentic.
0: Well, I mean, you can be authentic, uh, you know. Brahmin. You can be Billy Joel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: think you ever had him. No, he, no Billy Joel jumped right to the Hamptons
1: it's true it's true he
0: jumped right to the hamptons well no island boy
1: i guess no he did have an apartment in i read some article with him about how depressed he was after he broke up with his wife and he lived in manhattan and it was such big news that he had to move because anytime he would leave his house people would confront him and talk about it and he was like i can't deal with this and he had to like move back to here's a topic
0: for another podcast sure billy joel and phil collins the two most successful sad sack musicians. Well, as and I call why that, they need some real therapy.
1: I call that sad bastard music, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think you know your Elliot Smith would would be in that cat. And, yeah. and, and a very different
0: national. Yeah, yeah. There's
1: like popular. indie sad bastard, and then there's yeah. regular sad bastard.
0: Oh woe is me, and the the ladies b- left me. Millions and billions of dollars I made. I'm but, so sad, but people think somehow, you know, uh, look down upon my artistic credibility and that's all that really matters.
1: Right, right, cuz I am a true artist and my sadness, my Picasso-like sadness will uh will show you that. Yeah.
0: I have no patience for that.
1: I was in a cab, probably the best cab ride of my life. Um this year, this year, yeah, and I was in New York and um uh a man the man, I don't know where he was from, somewhere in I would guess Eastern Africa, uh was playing was playing Phil Collins and um it was not it must have been some sort of mix cd of Phil Collins songs and he and we started singing along sort of i mean i would guess a, you know i like phil collins but when you sing to phil collins it's hard to s- sing earnestly to phil collins mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of like hand pumping And uh, he got so psyched that we liked it. Literally, it was the fastest ride of my life. I don't know how fast he drove, but he pumped it up and we screamed all Phil Collins songs for like 30 minutes. And he had True Colors by Phil Collins, which I was like, I didn't even know Phil Collins did a version of this. So we were, he was like so psyched that so much, he did not understand that other people might like Phil Collins.
0: Billy Ocean likes Phil Collins. I'm
1: sure. There's a good uh, This American Life about Phil Collins. Oh, is there? Yeah, it's great. It's about how Phil Collins is like actually really still very sad about it. Very
0: morose. No, I read yeah. that. I didn't hear yeah. the... Uh, did they have Phil Collins on it?
1: Yeah, they have him because this woman ironically loves Phil Collins mm. Um, in this relationship. She and her boyfriend ironically enjoy Phil look Collins. that one up. And then they break up. They start to really like Phil Collins and then they break up and then she's like, what do I listen to? Because I can't listen to Phil Collins. So she calls up Phil Collins and like they have a chat. And Phil Collins is like, no, she got away, and that she was the one, and I'm fucked. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's wow. really depressing, and it made me really like Phil Collins, even though he seems like kind of a dick. I
0: wore out No Jacket Required back in 1985.
1: Well, I enjoyed um, magic as a child. Not The Gathering, but like magicians. Oh, okay. And David Copperfield also did that, because all of his illusions are really pretty much like set to in the air tonight.
0: Oh, I, I didn't
1: <laughs> Yeah,
0: they are. I'm covering new layers here, Jenny. Things I didn't know about you going in, which I is good. I love magic. Be all this I love magic. Okay, Did, did yeah. you ever do magic?
1: Yeah, as a kid. I okay. wanted to be a magician. Yeah. yeah well, but I've ex- I have extremely tiny hands, so it's not going to work out for me in the magic world.
0: never occurred to me that would be a problem.
1: Well, I can't hide things. <laughs> I can't palm anything.
0: They hide things?
1: What? <laughs> they, do. <laughs> they do. Jenny! I wanted to be a sorcerer.
0: Alright, I think we we're in at we're in at an hour twenty nine. Okay. So I think that's that's a good place. We I think can, it is good. We don't want this to turn into Kevin edit Pollack's catch chat show. No. I don't know if you ever uh, caught that. I have. One. Well, so but we'll, we'd have
1: to invite him and that would we'll be awkward. We'll have
0: to awkward. do all the meta podcasting, you know, the and podcasting the shows that are jokes? epic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, versus the ones that are that are kept to a, a trim level. And sure. I, and I, what about the podcasting form? Sure. I like is the fact that it's a bit freer, right? Sort of like the difference between uh series television and feature films, right? Right. You, you take as long as it ta- as you need to tell the story. Sure. Um, and you don't need to be necessarily uh, held to twenty two minutes. Right. You know, and as someone who produced a radio show for many years, and I, you know, had to hold myself to twenty nine minutes because it was non commercial. Right. But, you know, at times it was... Uh, because
1: you, know. you didn't sell out. You were authentic.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, because no one's going to pay me to do that show. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Selling out was not an option.
1: Right, right. You know,
0: I think we have to remember that. that right. Uh, it's only once... It's a very rare occasion when you actually are, uh, have the opportunity to sell out. So when you turn it down, be goddamn sure.
1: I don't turn that down ever, really. Well, there we go. Yeah.
0: Well, to find a name for the podcast, we have an episode name.
1: We have an episode name, definitely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is great I, we'll, we'll have to do it Before we publicize it we'll, we'll put this up So you can review it And, and uh, make and, and We'll have a focus group If you to redact group. anything well,
1: we'll have a focus group So that we can And then we can figure out What they want us to talk about And so then We we'll, can authentically we crowdsource it Yeah we can be authentically Relevant to our audience
0: <laughs> More precious moments Where are the Hummels?
1: <laughs> yeah 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 I actually My mom collects Hummels So I know a lot about them Okay <laughs>
0: We, we we have scratched the surface that's about all we can do
1: decorative figurines yadros I don't, I, don't, I don't know any other decorative figurines
0: action figures yeah they're true. pretty much decorative it's figurines and true. other clothing yeah or other, accoutre, other accessories right you know pummels just don't have guns
1: it's true thank you Jenny thank you Paul